Hello and happy new year. Welcome to another episode of Ayodele Speaks. This is the first episode of 2021, still in season one of this podcast. I'm Ayodele Harrison, husband, father of two, uh, senior partner of education with Community Bill Ventures, having 20 plus years of experience teaching and leading in public, private, and international schools. I'm so excited uh, for to you know for it to be a new year, 2021, um, and to get into um, our topic. So, if you're new uh, to the podcast, welcome, thank you. Please consider uh, hitting the like button, subscribing, and sharing. Um, as on this podcast, as it says, I daily speaks. I really just talk about topics that are near and dear to the way I identify: husband, father, educator, consultant, so on and so forth. And so, in this episode, it's, it's I, I want to talk about the the talk. And for those of you who um, are, uh, oh man, well, it's the conversation we have with our black children, specifically, more particularly our black boys, but I think it's we have with our children and interactions with the police. And so, um, as I said, I'm a, a father of two. Uh, I have a seven, six-year-old now and a 17-year-old. My 17-year-old, Johnny, he is a senior um, in high school here in Atlanta, getting ready to graduate, whoop, whoop, getting ready to go on to college. And um, he's had his license now since the tail end of his, or the the, the summer before his junior year. And he's been driving for a while now. Um, and so he's been driving since, what, 2018, I believe. And my wife has been like, have you had the, you know, lately, the last few months, she's like, have you had the talk with with Johnny? Have you talked with him about police interactions? And, you know, if he gets stopped and pulled over. And I said, huh a little bit, but not really formally. And she was like, you need to have that. And so, you know, as, as a black dad, like quite honestly, I've been, I've been hesitant to, to have the conversation with him. Uh, And, and I'm not sure why, I don't know if it's because like, I I believe it's going to be different for him or I don't want to, um, like have him think that interactions with police are going to be negative and, um, all of those things. And The history of this country, the history of the last few months indicates that it's not safe for black men out there. But there's just there's something about wanting to protect him from like this having to put up this armor or be on guard or whatever when he comes out. And so I've just been delaying like we've talked about, you know, loosely what to do when you're pulled over you know, how to have your insurance card and things like that. But we have not spoken specifically about interacting with cops. Um, Back when pre-COVID, he would ride uh, here, the transportation system is called MARTA, which is a subway and bus system. He would ride that to and from school. Um, He would walk. Um, He now takes the car and drives when he goes to hang out with his friends. And so <laughs> just the other day, my wife was like, you got to talk to him. You got to talk. We, we got to have this conversation. And I know it has been dere- derelict of a fatherly duty to have a conversation with him, specifically being a black father. I think all fathers, all parents should have conversations with their kids concerning, you know, interactions with the police. But in particularly with black males, because we know that they unfortunately... <laughs> People racialized, and I've learned this language, people racialized as black come with historical stigma. They're stigmatized because of their identity and they're under attack. 
there's plenty of examples, man, you know, um, and under attack for running in your neighborhood, for walking in the park, for just driving while black, all these other types of things. So I know and, and I work in the space of school equity, uh, in the space of racial equity, having conversations with that. I, I know. But I think, you know, what's so interesting is that, like, I don't remember my father having the talk with me. Well, he didn't talk with me about a lot of stuff. There was a lot of things we never had a conversation about. Sex, relationships, identity, sexual orientation. You know, we had a large conversation about religion and faith because my father was a minister, but we never talked about those things. Now, to, to, with my dad, he is a Nigerian immigrant, Nigerian-American, now immigrated back in the 1960s. And my parents divorced uh, when I was three, around three or four. So there was some estrangement in our relationship, but still didn't have the talk. And so I'm realizing that I'm beginning to, I'm avoiding, (laughs) I'll be honest, I'm avoiding these sort of conversations because I'm just not sure what to say and do. And I, and I want it to be a conversation. And and my son, Johnny is, you know, he's, he's, I I end up talking at him a lot. And so I don't want to talk at him a lot. I I want myself, my wife and him to have a conversation and we're going to focus around interaction with police officers. And so my facilitator hat, because, you know, my son has a tendency to really sit and listen and take things in, but, um, unless directly prompted and given space, he generally won't give his feedback. And I want to have equity of voice in this conversation where it's not just me talking about what he should do or my wife saying what he should do and why we're scared, but have him invite him into a conversation. And so this morning, so, you know, my wife was pushing my, okay, it's got to happen. It's going to happen this Friday. So this, this recording is going to come out on Thursday. Uh, What is that? Thursday, January 7th is when this is going to drop. So on the 8th, I plan to have this conversation and I wanted to do it using equity center facilitation. And so there is, what, what I've done is I've selected because what I want is his voice and space. And for a person who's an introvert like my son, its it structure helps to bring out his voice. Structure meaning prompts, like please answer this question, read this and what's your response. And then also structured time. You have three minutes to respond. And then also a protocol or there's a process that we're gonna follow and there's a beginning and an end. Because one of the things that my wife and I often do, and I think parents are subject to this, we just start talking, talking. And I can keep talking for like an hour, hour and a half and just spewing, just not spewing, but telling my experience, sharing all this and realizing that I've talked the entire time. And so what I've done is I've been reading around online, trying to look at like know your rights, infographics and things like that. And I decided that we're going to center our conversation about interactions with police on a Know Your Rights article or publication. So I found something um, that is like the ACLU put it out uh, for Northern, the ACLU of Northern California put it out for interactions, basic do's and don'ts of police interactions if you're stopped on the street and if you're stopped in your car. 
And so what we're going to do is sit down, dedicate 90 minutes, and I'm going to facilitate and participate in this protocol. Haven't really decided which one there is. There might be a making meaning protocol. So there, there's, I take a lot of my protocols from um, the School Reform Initiative, which is SRI for short, for short is the acronym. Um, check out their website. They got a lot of great protocols that help uh, equity-centered facilitation happen by creating these structures for conversation that are actually productive. And so I haven't decided on the protocol just yet. There's one that's called like, you know, block party or making meaning. And they're just different ways to unpack text, right? Or an article or publication, some sort of text that you're going to read collectively. And then there is a speaking protocol on how we're going to dissect that. So we're going to sit down, print it out, give everybody a copy, my wife, my son and I, and take a highlighter and begin to read. And depending upon the protocol, we're going to see what resonates with us, each of us, and then have a conversation that spawns around that. Because what I don't want is to project my experience on him. Because my experience growing up is not necessarily going to be his experience growing up. So, yes, I have a wealth of knowledge. Yes, I have, what am I, 42? You know, what is it? 42, you say 42 years, but, you know, I was an infant and so on and so forth. But, you know, 35 plus years out and about in the streets and so on and so forth as a kid to a teen to a young adult to an adult. I have those experiences, but I don't want that to override the conversation to where I'm just sharing stories. I really want to get a sense of what's he thinking? What's his knowledge base? What questions does he have? Right? Because there's so many times that like, I don't make space for my son to share the knowledge that he has. And I assume that my role is to tell him everything right? I assume that like we get into the, I get into this role as a parent where I'm like, okay, you need to do this. You need to do this. Here's how you should study. Here's how you should eat, exercise, so on and so forth. And it's from this place of, um, filling him up and not understanding, good morning. And not understanding that he, he has, he's 17 years old. He has valid lived experience with out in the world and friends and I want to value what his knowledge base is and his experiences and make space for his questions because that's where really it questions maybe confusion maybe fears where he feels comfortable you know and so we're going to have this conversation using this protocol because I really want to center his voice if I don't use this protocol my wife and I are going to dominate the whole conversation and that's not the point the point is to get him to really think and be reflective and share and bring forth any questions that he has, you know. Um, so, you know, that, that's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to begin this this talk, you know, and, and I'm sure he has had experiences out there. You know, I don't as as, as far as I know, he's never been pulled over. Or he's never, and he's never been stopped by the police. I know he's passed by them. We've done volunteering events, you know, around the city um, where he's got to meet them. 
Um, we, we know people who are in the military. Um, we don't necessarily have a, um, uh, uh, I don't know someone directly that is a police officer, but I'm sure within our, like me, I can't recall. So it's like, there's not a, a regular adult in his life that, you know, is a part of the police force. Um, but I know that, you know, he has had some sort of interaction and some sort of training around this because when he was 13, he went through the rites of passage program um, at our church, Zion Hill Baptist Church here in Atlanta. Um, it was a 12 week rites of passage. And I think one of the weeks was about safety and presence out in public, you know, but we wanted to really formalize this to make sure that he's ready and really more importantly is aware of his rights. Right. I mean, we know that and, and kind of, you know, I was pre-reading this. I was reading the document to make sure the article to make sure that it was right for this conversation. And there's a lot of. Yes, it's within your right to do this. However, police can then respond in this way if they interpret it as. Aggressive or whatever that might be. Right. And so this article talked about in these do's and don'ts that you have a constitutional right to not um, to know your rights, to exert your rights and to not be cooperative and to a certain extent. I forgot the language that they used. However, that could end up in physical harm of you and arrest. So there is this idea of like the Constitution protects all citizens in air quotes. But we know that with authority and power that the justice, the criminal system, you know, of, of America has empowered the authoritarian system that is empowered our police force. We know that we, we know that there's always a workaround to the constitution. If you're not aware of that, just Google Breonna Taylor. Google George Floyd, right? There's always this, this workaround. And so as black people, specifically black men, and specifically young black men, we have to navigate ourselves appropriately to where we walk that fine line of knowing and understanding our rights, but then also finding a way to keep yourself safe in whatever way that is. And so this document talks about what are some prompts you can use? What messaging should you stay on? Like, I do not consent to a search. Um, I have the right to remain silent and naming that right away. Right. And understanding what are the consequences, positive and negative around that. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, and, and this format, you know, using using facilitation to do this because I, I don't I don't I want to really hear what he's thinking, because there's oftentimes like my wife and I, like in our current climate, we sit down and we talk about. So what do your friends talk about in terms of George Floyd or Breonna Taylor and things like and he's like, oh, we don't really talk about those types of things. Right. We don't really engage in the conversation. I don't know if other parents have experienced this, you know, where their their children who are of age and understanding are. Are they having conversations? So anyway, 
this is a short episode, but I just wanted to bring this up and just share like that's what's happening. And, and we're going to press forward to have this conversation, but really do it in terms of facilitation so that we have um, equity of voice. And we really hear what my son says. If you've had this conversation in the comment, please let us know what your strategy was for having the conversation. How also let us know how, how did it go? You know, what was it, your, your child's response to it? Um, and if you are and if you are a parent of a young girl, let me know or of girls. Did you have these conversations with your girls? Because we talk about it all the time with boys, but I don't hear very much conversation about knowing your rights and interactions with police for girls. So I wonder if you've done that and, and what protocols, what process or strategies have you used to really do that? So please, you know, leave your comments wherever you find this. Um, go ahead um, and share it. Also, just want to let you know that uh, the BME's Talk chat, the Tuesday night chats is starting up again on uh, next Tuesday or this Tuesday coming up, uh, which is January 12th. All right. It'll be January 12th at 9 p.m. at BME's BMES Talk on Twitter. We're also having a virtual happy hour. So our virtual happy hours are kicking off. It's a once a month gathering of 20 plus backman educators from across the country. We convene, we do trivia, we just have conversation, we check in with each other on how things are going. Um, For tickets to that, it's free. It's for black male educators only. Um, You go to bmestalk.eventbrite.com. You just register. As soon as you register, you get the Zoom link and you're in. Um, If you'd like to make a donation to it, if you are a black male educator and you can't attend, but you'd like to make a donation, you can do that on the Eventbrite. If you're not a black male educator and you want to support the growth of these affinity spaces where we're able to gather and just hang together in, in that way, um, and, and be with one another and connect, please consider giving us a power donation um, at the same uh, Eventbrite, uh, bmestalk.eventbrite.com. All right, well, that concludes this episode. Hope you like it. I wish you all well. Looking forward to the next one. Take care.